Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leslie. Welcome to Quince. A little sweet. A little tart. And a little unexpected. Today is Thursday, July the 5th, 2018. And it has been a busy summer. It's been a great summer. It's been a lovely summer. You have had adventures. Ah, yes, indeed. I just got back from a week in southwestern New York at a place called Chautauqua. Yes, and we'll put a link. Chautauqua is a very interesting place. Yes, Chautauqua Institution is actually Mm -hmm. what it's called. It's been there since 1874. I have some old books from Chautauqua. Oh, how cool. Or printed, I guess, suit their press. Yes, yes. Yeah, on, they, they on different ha- subjects. They have the oldest literary book club in the United States. Cool. Yes. So, it, it's books are very important. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it's just a fun place. I went along with my sister Kay yeah. and a new friend, Mindy, from back home in West Virginia. Hey. And we stayed at the Methodist Deaconess home right there on the campus. Um, it's it's just a magical place. I'd love for people to hit, click on the link and take a look. Yeah, and uh, you've had wonderful experiences, wonderful music, wonderful oh, authors. Allison Krauss played Ooh. the first night we were there, and then my favorite author, whom I've had a crush on since 1982, Uh John Irving. Did you get to say hello? Not personally. I could have gone back and stood in line. Yeah. I could have, but I thought, why mess with the magic? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And he did a great job. Oh, wonderful. Yes, so. Yeah, you weren't able to go last year, so it's really nice. Yeah, I hated to miss a year, but that was the old eye surgery, so. Yeah, so you've been going, what, 10 years? About that. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. So I know a lot of people. I had never heard of it when I was, um, before you started talking about it. So I know a lot of people aren't aware. It's it's, it's an interesting and um, soul-fulfilling resource. Absolutely. And yeah. the fact it has been there so long, they have nine one-week sessions ah. that you can go and you get a gate pass for the whole week and, you know, you take care of your room and board. And, yeah. and there's all kinds of places to rent or there's, sure. you know, some hotels and um, and it's not cheap, but it's not expensive as far as vacations go. Right, yeah. So. And, and, and it's mind-broadening. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Unbelievable. And all sorts of, it started started as a religious place, yeah. and it still is. Oh, I mean, sure. that is the main thrust. But it's adult camp. You can go to what <laughs> you want. You pick and choose. I mean, they have topics that are very scientific, and it's very liberal. Yeah, um, and it's also whimsical. As when all the houses, little yeah, Victorian. You should put a couple of your pictures. Yes, because I tried. I tried to find the whimsical. Yeah, I didn't realize that the the first times. I, I don't know. I either missed pictures you put, or I didn't realize them. But there was a lot of whimsy, and it oh, delighted yes. me. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we'll put some more information on that. Excellent. Yeah, and what else has been going on? Oh, my. Well, it was the 4th of July yesterday, and we had a fun day. Yeah, um, I'm a mountain girl, and I'm from a long line of mountain girls, and I'm surrounded by mountain girls, and we've been having this discussion. None of us know how to swim. 
I and that scares me. Yeah, we it just wasn't part of our culture. You just didn't we all we have around here are farm ponds mm-hmm. basically and the farm pond that um I grew up right next to the mud in it is about two and a half feet deep. Yeah, because cows and well, snapping. Well, it, it's a dredged out. Mm-hmm. The the soil, soil conservation service came around here in the, I guess, late 40s, early 50s. And they encouraged the farmers in the region to build ponds mm-hmm. for their livestock and for their, well, for health of the farm and whatever. But And then I think the SCS actually helped with small uh, monetary help and maybe even some planning and construction. So they're just mud ponds. Mm-hmm. They're, right. They're not uh, with earthen dams. So so they've always been just a big uh, deep mud with about 6 to 12 foot of water on them. Right. Yeah, and it's just not conducive to, to for a kid to go swimming in. Right. And so, uh, so none of us learned how to swim. Mm-hmm. And the rivers aren't deep. No, no, the creeks are not. We had, don't have rivers here. We have creeks. Right. We have uh, Man River, but it's really a creek at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there might have been a few spots where it could be dammed up enough to, yeah. as a little kid, learn yeah. the basics. And possibly Cochran's Mill. Uh, when we um, were young, Co- uh, the where we go have pizza had a really nice mm-hmm. mill pond. Mm-hmm. And that possibly would have been a, a choice, but it when I was a child and when uh, most of the people that are a bit older than me that we've been talking to were children, it belonged to someone else. Right. And it wasn't really um, available to the community. Right. Uh, people, I've seen pictures of people doing um, um, baptisms there. Uh-huh. A few, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but that was early years before it belonged to somebody outside. So and, and being mountain people were somewhat reserved. We probably didn't ask right. him, "Could we go swimming?" Mm-hmm, because that would have been a nice little beach area yeah. for yeah. Well, he the had public. Gone, yeah. Well, and then the other lake you could have swam swam in is owned by Danville, and they didn't. Oh, they didn't. It yeah, and that, they didn't let you do that at no. all. No, 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 no. But you see, could, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, you could do, you can boat on it if you right. use something without a motor. Right. You know, yes. and, and they probably wouldn't have actually thrown you out if you popped in and out of the boat. But it just wasn't, and it wasn't accessible. You have to get a pass mm-hmm. because they want to know who's down there, right. which is reasonable. Well, and Fairy Stone just wasn't easily accessible. Oh, no, it was a good for, hour away. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is probably where a lot of people learn to swim. Yeah, and when and when I was a teenager, there was a swimming pool at DeHart Park. Right. Is that yeah. when it went in? Yeah. Yeah, I was a teen, when I was a teenager, I'm pretty sure. So kids in Stewart learned to swim. Mm-hmm. And I think I've talked to several around here who learned to swim at 4-H camp. Yeah, and I didn't ever do 4-H right. camp. Right, so. right. So yeah. there were a few, yeah. few places... But that's, and it's so alien to me because right. I learned to swim by the time I was, you know, four or five. And I think it would and, have been easier for me. <laughs> well, that's all right. But our point being, yeah. yesterday we got Leslie into the nice, clean, spring-fed pond Wonderful for the first time where I swim all the time. Right. 
and we got her in the water and bless her heart i know it was scary leslie and you were so brave and we're gonna go in again today and you can stand right by the ladder and hold on that's what i did (laughs) that's okay too because that's how you get started yeah well and i hold on to the ladder i finally got my feet up uh, they were trying to get me to put my feet up. One would go up and the other one wouldn't. <laughs> you know, there's like no control here. So Well, that's okay. We just have fun. to get you used to being in there, up to your yeah. shoulders. And, yeah. and one of these days, that'll get boring. And you'll yeah. decide that you <laughs> want to yeah. use the float. Yeah. Yes, well, it's okay. Happens. I just personally, I went to a college where you had to pass the swim test to graduate really? because they said oh yes they said nobody will graduate from Allegheny College and drown well that was awesome yeah oh yeah you and that was tough my older sister Kay went to the same college and she never was she she was exposed to it she just never was a good swimmer right and so she had to pass that test yeah yeah I mean, it was nothing for me to do mm-hmm. it, you know, but for certain yeah. students. But you could not graduate that. unless you passed this pretty stringent swim test. Wow, I think that's really great. Isn't that neat? I figure somebody must have given them a lot of money one time At and one made point. that a caveat. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. In okay. fact, I was at Allegheny College in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Last, um, well, on Saturday, driving sure. home from Chautauqua, right. we stopped and had lunch at the marketplace in Meadville, and then uh, went and walked around campus, oh, got wonderful. some photos. Yeah, sure. Yeah, good. it felt good. Yeah, absolutely. And I then you went back to West Virginia. And then yes, nice. yes. Cool. So, yeah, all good right. vacation. We all need those once in a while. Yes, that would be. That was really great. So anyway, if I don't show up next week, you'll know why. Oh, now, hush. <laughs> I wouldn't let you drown. I, I would not. I'd drag you out of there by your hair. You're not going to drown on my watch. I, I felt pretty comfortable. I felt pretty safe, actually. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, put my, uh, we put my picture up on Facebook, and you did. And my mom didn't have a whole lot of negative energy about it, so that was good. No, that's very good. Yeah. I think she was just probably in awe that yeah. you got in the water. That I got in the water. And she thinks that my brother learned to swim down at Ferrystone when he was a teenager. I don't remember it that way. From what I remember, he told me that somebody pushed him in a pool and he had to learn to swim or, or die. Ooh, that's and, scary. Yeah, no, I don't know that that's uh, what... I can't remember for sure that that's what happened, but I think that's what he said, so... Well, that's too scary. Yeah. We're not doing that to you. Yeah. So anyway, are we about ready for... Some knitting. Yes, a little sweet. And um, I found some things. And um, some of the... I know a lot of people that knit just use a piece of yarn or a piece of wire or whatever is a stitch marker and that's totally fine but I figure if I'm going to do this I'm going to enjoy it absolutely so I love notions I love um, 
cooking notions, even though I hate to cook. Right, right. Yeah, Just I the love little, accessories. Uh, right, the little toys about yeah, it. The, the, I like reading ones. Yeah, yeah, bookmarks and... Cute you know. little reading bed lamps. I used to have a few of those. Oh, Clip cool. on the book. You know, yeah, that kind yeah, of thing things that, back in the day. Yeah, you know, just, just things that make the whole process a little pleasure, more pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Well, what I found this time, and they're a little tiny bit pricey, but for what they are, I think it would be worth it. They are miniature uh, tri-colored Australian Shepherd stitch marks. Oh, you'd love that. And they are really cute. I can't... They look like they're kind of on the big side. Well, I don't know. It's not any bigger than her, the first knuckle of her finger. Yeah, so they're, they're maybe just slightly less than half an inch, or right around half an inch long. So, But if you're working on a fairly big project, I think it wouldn't be a bad thing. But they're so cute. Well, they're how much are they? Look at... They're $25 for a set of four, it looks like. Oh. But they got little... Paws and do they have different kinds of dogs? Of they course. probably do. Uh, That's this, what you'd look yeah. for. This is at Wee Ones at Etsy. I'll put a link. Uh, but you know, I have a Australian Shepherd. She's got really good reviews. Um, the people that got the uh, little things really like them. So she's got there. There are several really good reviews on it. So, uh, so anyway, that was one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. And like I say, I will put a uh, link on it. It's just neat you found it. Yeah. And I'm not sure where this comes from. But I've just recently been seeing um, this thing. Uh, it's a phrase that's put on all kinds of merchandise knitting bags and little pins and it says I like big balls <laughs> and of course what they're talking about is knitting big balls of yarn big balls of yarn and I don't know where it came from I tried to look up and see if I could find the original person that actually came up with the phrase and addressed it to yarn right and the only thing I found out was found was an ACDC song was it talking about yarn? No, it was talking it? about big balls. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I've heard yeah. that. And I did not, in the slightest, understand the lyrics. I'm getting old. You are, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> did you know the song? Um, I don't know that I know the song, but I've heard that my whole life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what the lyrics mean. Hmm. You know. Well, I'll have to listen. Put a link to it. Yeah, we'll learn right along with our audience. Yeah, and it's got nothing to do with. It's obviously got nothing to do with yarn. Right. But um, so anyway. I mean, is it talking about being brave? You know how they'll well, make that it's, kind it's of statement. Talking about a ballroom. A ballroom. Yeah, it, he's talking about a ballroom, and then he does this, and then he says she's got him, he's got him. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there are several uh, Etsy people that do have um, merchandise. You can have a you can buy a little tiny discreet pen for a dollar fifty mm-hmm. if you're an old lady but you want to be a little bit racy or you can buy a lovely um, knitting bag for around seventeen eighteen dollars you can buy uh, small notions bags for around nineteen around ten dollars 
shaped pins, bigger uh, pins, um, color ones, and they all say, "I like big balls." And, and it has a, a knitting um, emblem. Oh, okay. So that you right. know what they're talking about. Right. There's a crochet hook with yarn, uh, or knitting needles with yarn, so you can kind of tell what you're talking about. Okay. So yeah. nobody's gonna misinterpret. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and there's some of them are about. Um, there's a one for cricket here, and there's one for bowling. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So um, so people have taken it and run with it. So. Um, but yeah, I I don't know where the um, ori or, uh, origin of the phrase. phrase came from. So, oh well, very interesting. Yeah, so that's that's the thing, and I also oh, where is it? It's got away from me. Not that. I also found a um, beautiful pattern on Ravelry that is a bit different. For what? For a shawl. Yeah, I'm all always about the shawls. And uh, this is called Inca Trail by Savlanta, and I know I'm not saying that right, Gordon. And she has a Ravelry store. It's $6.50. It's a... Um, is that typical for a pattern? That's pretty, that's pretty reasonable. For, that's pretty typical for a pattern. And it's a really interesting striped shawl, which I normally don't like stripes, but it's more like a, almost like a ripple shawl. Oh, that's pretty. Yes, and she'd use some really nice colors. It sort of looks like a bath towel. Like a what? Bath towel. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe, swimming towel. Yeah, maybe Beach it's a towel. swimming towel. She used Louisa Harding um, Amatola in two different colors to make it. And you can also use anything you want, and it'll make it bigger or smaller depending on the um, weight of the yarn. It's knitted without any seams and without breaking off the yarn. So you you basically make a uh, row, and then you change colors and make a row, and then you show, but you carry it up the side. Oh. Or, or two rows or five rows or whatever, and you carry the uh, yarn you're not using up the side. Hmm. And that way you'd have 10,987 ends to weave in, <laughs> which is a real plus. Okay. Trust me on that one. Oh, all right. So <laughs> that might appeal to more people. Yes. So I, I think it would be nice. Uh, there's, uh, It's a really good oh, size shawl. It is pretty. Yeah. And that probably would be, if I made it in cotton, it probably would be a nice swim cover-up. Mm-hmm. Thing. Why not? There you go. Yeah. So Some of these could be multi-use. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have to be a towel towel, but it could be like a wraparound. Because I got cold after we got out of the I pond. did too. You need a bigger <laughs> towel. Yeah. I just had, you know, I'm not, when I moved, I stripped down big time. Right. And so uh, you just kept a few towels. Yeah. So I kept like four towels. Uh, I, I took everything else and I had three beach towels. But I took them all down to the um, the animal shelter because oh, they're always right. begging for uh, stuff like that. And, you know, it's useful for them. Right. Uh, so I just took it all down there and left it with them. And then 
I have one tiny little towel that I. Oh, <laughs> I'll get you a towel. Yeah, I I brought that one with me. And I know, but get it. you a bigger yeah, one. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, Inca Trail um, by um, Savanta Gordon. I think that would be a fun knit. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we need to do. A little tart which is something that we just thought was interesting okay yeah and you put up a um, really interesting post you do these tidbits of history for the Reynolds homestead yes most of the time it's you right yeah oh yeah. I do it every time it once every a time. week yeah mm-hmm. yeah and they are all very interesting some often are very charming because they do a little um, a little twist that you really hadn't thought of about the, the the story. The story is fascinating. There's so many levels about the family, right? You know, and I'm just talking from an, as an outsider looking in. Mm-hmm. But you did one on a salesman sample that yes. is in the bedroom. Right? Uh huh. That's right. This the tiny ta- couch. A tiny couch, and I had never seen a salesman sample that was that large. Uh huh. But you know, being a piece of furniture, sure. and I, I think peddlers, perhaps you know, with wagons, with a wagon, would a put a few things on. And it is a little bigger than yeah. than at least the ones now that I did some research on. Yeah. That are quite miniature. Yeah. And the the details were really, mm-hmm. really, and, and and that's really. Um, I've dealt with salesman samples somewhat. Most of the, the most popular ones that I've dealt with are little stoves. Right. Yes. Yeah. You yes. see a lot of those little cast iron stoves, and the way you tell a cast iron stove that was a salesman sample from a toy, toy is the detail, and that it actually works. It actually works, and uh, that will have the name of the company yes. carefully imprinted on it. Yes. It'll have the the little uh, eyes come out and. Mm-hmm. Uh, a chimney that you could mm-hmm. stick on something and if you built a tiny little fire you could cook on it. Well in fact a friend just um, after reading that tidbit uh-huh. um, she wrote and said that she had bought one for her grandchild um, a salesman sample probably found it on eBay or sure. something and that the way they they cooked on it was using a votive candle well, that's and that they idea. have actually made um, tiny, little cakes or tiny, cakes tiny, tiny little cornbread or oh, something cool. and actually cooked yeah. it. Um, but you're right. You just said the criteria that it has the name right, and that the details are exactly. Yeah. And there are so many things um, that were salesman samples that you maybe don't even think about. Right. Baseball gloves. Oh. I hadn't thought of that one. 1920s, I found one on eBay. A vintage salesman sample baseball glove. And these are just tiny little things. Yeah. And my favorite one that I found uh-huh. was a casket. A casket. A, a casket. Oh. Look, a sample casket. And oh. it was about the size of a paperweight, or that's what okay, somebody so that's was what now using it from. Yeah. Right, yes. Yeah, that's what comes to my mind mm-hmm. is each time. And, and they had specially built cases 
Yes. That they because a, a lot of salesmen that came through here in the early days were walked. Yes. And they carried their sample right. either in a in a case or a backpack or mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, they would go around to all these dozens of little stores around here, mm-hmm. and they would have the specially made case that they could just open up, yes. and all the samples were in it. Yes. Probably, you know, fastened so they didn't mm-hmm. jar around to get broken. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they had samples of absolutely everything. Everything, and that's why, yeah, the casket thermometer, that was one. Yeah. That was snap-on tools, and this was a cool. long, you know, way back. Um little of course um a wood drop front desk yeah and all the little drawers pull out um a hat box that was a sample one a pin cushion oh a, a ball peen hammer oh, yeah <laughs> uh-huh and these are small these are just yeah, a couple inches and of course people love them and collect them oh yeah yeah, and they're, they're just fascinating. And they're not as expensive as I thought that no, they would no, be. They be. Uh huh. Like that ball peen hammer is like five dollars. Yeah, was it starting at five dollars? Yeah, seconds? starting, yeah. starting. So yeah, yeah, who knows what it'll end up. Yeah. Uh, the pin cushion, on the other hand, is eighty dollars. Yeah. So yeah. of course it's well, de- what what's details. out there. Uh, they had a telephone insulator, and it's about a half inch in size. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's, that's cute. Interesting. Uh, they had a Coleman salesman sample sleeping bag. Oh. And clothes. I hadn't thought about clothes. Of course But not. there's a whole section that's just on salesman samples clothes that are tiny. And, of okay. course, they're not doll's clothes. You could use it as such, right. but that's not what these are. No, they were, right. Yeah. They, the one thing that people bought in uh, the community that I studied down in Rock Castle, the women made a lot of the women in children's clothes and men's shirts, mm-hmm. but the one thing people talked about buying was overalls. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they went to the store and they bought, the men bought overalls mm. and often a overall jacket. Mm-hmm. So probably the salesman right had the tiny had little these, uh, samples. These samples every year, of whatever changes they might make, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or every five years. It was hard to get to some of these places. Right, right. Yeah. And, and they also came around to people's houses. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, especially in the the earlier yeah. Earlier well, days. actually, I found some samples that went into the seventies. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Coleman's yeah. sleeping yeah, bag. That would that have been, the, and that surprised me because I always uh, associated salesman sample with you know well late eighteen hundreds yeah. to about nineteen twenties. Yeah, that was the be, height. Yeah, but they uh, did continue to make them. Well, I was asking our good friend Kathleen, whom our audience will recognize as Saint Kathleen, sure, yeah. Leany Beanie. I was asking her last evening because I knew that her father was a salesman yeah. and he was a button salesman. Right. And he, she said, oh yes, he had a whole case that would open up and it had the buttons, right. you know, um, on the cardboard, sure. whatever. And he also sold uh, wrapping paper. Oh. So he had, I didn't know that. And he, so he had the wrapping paper samples sure. that yeah, were in that. In that, uh, like a booklet or whatever. Right, yeah. right. And so that that would have been in the 1950s, 1960s. Right. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, what really get, got me into this was the Reynolds Homestead thing, but I have had in the past a few book salesmen. Oh, I'd love one. Yeah. And they're, they're dummy books, right? They're called dummies, or they're called um, blads. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, I and, never heard that term. Yeah, I had never heard it before either. And what it would be, actually, it would, would be the cover of the book and a few pages, generally. Mm -hmm. Real tiny? No, I mean, really how tiny too, are they? They really weren't tiny. They were just blank. They were pretty close to the size of the book. Okay. Yeah, maybe, um, but they weren't thick. It wasn't the entire book. Right. So the salesmen would go around to their buyers, and they may have had like a subscription service uh, where the um, person had said they were going to want the series of books. Mm hmm But you could pick the cover, you could pick the way the cover looked. Oh, really? And you could get all kinds of uh, variations if you wanted to have, you know, gilt uh, titles on the back or particular decorations. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. And so now when I do run into a lot of specially bound books, mm -hmm. particularly from uh, the late 1800s. And uh, I'm sure it was because people wanted them to look uniform on the shelves. And it does make an impressive uh, display. Right, right. To have a whole you know, shelf of books. I'd love all to see some. Yeah, just, yeah it would be interesting. Yeah, I've never owned one. That's... Yeah. Uh, well, I, I've, and they sell. People like them. Mm-hmm. You know, they like anything that's a salesman sample. So, um, but that, so if you see a, a particularly nicely bound book, and usually they were reprints, so they're not worth a ton of money. Right, right. Yeah, the books that, um, that the salesman sold. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they do look nice. Mm -hmm. And they're generally good quality. They well, usually hold up well. And they, they talk about that this started in the mid, mid to late 1800s, mm -hmm. and Mark Twain, there was a particular right. set of four books of his that yeah. I guess were very popular salesman samples to take sure. around. Yeah, so, you know, but it would be something that you could actually pick what you wanted if you wanted a red bound or a green bound well, or, huh. or whatever. There probably were parameters. They couldn't do just anything you wanted. Right, right. But, um... So that was a fun thing to find out. Interesting. I will have to tell a story. Okay. Um, we had salesmen coming through here all through my childhood. Really? Yeah, they drove cars, but they were they were door to door salesmen. You know, the, the Watkins guy and the Fuller Brush Man. Oh and, yeah, I remember yeah. the Fuller yeah. Brush Man and, and people that would sell uh, childcraft. Yeah, somebody coming in and selling and um, some Bible story books. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, my grandmother, being from this area, she didn't say salesman. She called them agents. Oh, okay. as an agent for um, whatever company mm -hmm. would come by. And my little brother had watched too much television in his childhood. And so she said an agent was coming down the driveway. Oh, he and she didn't want to deal with him. She was busy. So she shut the door and locked it and told us to be quiet. <laughs> well, my brother, who had watched too much TV, thought that this was a Russian agent or whatever that was going to get oh. us. Scared him to death. He was all of two and a half, three years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he'd seen Special Agent 99 Yeah, he was watching Get Smart or right. something. <laughs> so, yeah, she scared him half to death. That oh, that's funny. That was one of those funny. family stories that, 
see that come up. So, uh, all right. Anything else to say about? Um, no, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I hope folks will um, pursue that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think it's a salesman samples. It's just a little little thing of the past. Oh, when I when we were kids, though, um, well, teenagers on up, we'd love to get a hold of a sample of something. Perfume. Well, oh yeah, or um, Avon lipstick. Remember Lipsticks. those tiny uh -huh. those tiny, tiny little lipsticks? Because my one of my uh, aunt Aunt Martha down in Miami. She sold Avon, yeah. and she would always bring up the samples oh, yeah. when she'd come to West Virginia, and we yeah. just thought that was the coolest Oh, thing. we did, too. Ms. Eloise um, Cheeler, uh, or Ms. Eloise Neal that married my cousin, um, Posey Cheeler, uh, she was the Avon lady, uh -huh. and she was also a um, high school teacher. So she did the Avon sort of on the side. And so she would come around and she would give us little samples <laughs> like that. And we, yeah, we did. We thought they were the grandest thing in the world. Yeah. The particular little lipsticks. But but I still remember getting a kick out of getting a little perfume sample of some kind. Oh, yeah. And I was horribly allergic to perfumes. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and different things. And still, Mom gives me tea samples sometimes. I don't know where she gets them. They get mm. mail flow. Now, we her. always got, uh, you know, with Dad being a doctor, we always got not just med medicine samples though we used to get those too <laughs> oh, sure. in, in cute little packets yeah um but they would also have samples of things like cough syrup yeah. and different lotions or the tiny little tubes of ointments and yeah. whatever but those those salesmen would also bring um, little miniatures. That's how I got a miniature stove. Now, it wasn't a proper salesman sample right. in that it was advertising a stove you could buy, right. but it was very detailed and it would come from the pharmaceutical representative. Huh. Isn't that funny? Yeah. They used to bring things like that all the time. Mm hmm. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. And little um, pill cases and things. Yeah. Yeah, that might just have one or two little pills. I know when you think of it now, yeah. they'd never get away with doing those kind of things. Well, I, I, well, the last time I was in the, at a doctor, which was like 1990, <laughs> you know, had, um, that's another story for another day. Um, whatever problem I had, uh, the doctor gave me samples. Oh, yes. To clear it up mm -hmm. rather than a prescription because it was a minor Mm -hmm. thing and he thought you know this right would take care of or we give that to people who maybe didn't have the money yeah, or that may have been why what he was thinking about right or I didn't the, have the money <laughs> uh -huh, or the pharmacy was closed at right. that point yeah. and yeah we used to give yeah. them away a lot yeah. so that's um you know that was you know and then come back if you need to have more mm -hmm. problems which i didn't mm -hmm. say so that was about 30 years ago but right right <laughs> so. uh. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess that covers that. So now we need to do... A Little Unexpected. Yeah. Now, we have been struggling with this segment. I know. And we're trying to come up, and we brainstormed last night with yep. our friend Peter right. and Kathleen... And I think we came up with a pretty good idea. I think we did, too. Mm -hmm. At least for now. Let's mm -hmm. see how people think about it. Yeah. And anything that we talk about, if you have any input, 
we look at the comments on our Facebook page. We look at the comments on our website. Mm -hmm. And we'd yes. be delighted to talk and interact. Yes. Yes. Well, this one particular idea got started because of something I had seen on Facebook that, and Peter had gone in and read it also because Which was a we're, miracle. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I was surprised he admitted that. Yeah. Um, but we're both sort of geography nerds, right? And so when we, I saw it, and it said fifty desserts, one from each state that is yeah. like this state's sort of definitive yeah. uh, dessert. I went in, not so much that I was interested in the recipe or whatever, but just, you know, why? Why was that, that states, sure. and, and did it make sense, and that kind of thing. Right. And it was great. I loved it. I read all 50, you sure. know, and just really enjoyed it. And so when I got to the West Virginia one, uh -huh. um, well, the Virginia one, just to throw that in, was chess pie, mm. which I have eaten since I've been in Virginia. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, Florida was key lime pie. Some of them were very obvious. Yeah. But the West Virginia one was molasses cookies. Yeah. And at first I thought, molasses cookies, my goodness, uh, you know, hmm. And then I thought, I was like, dang, my mom used to make molasses cookies Every Friday night when a football game was going on, she'd listen on the local radio. Of course, we'd all go down to the stadium. Sure. And, and um, it was a big deal in town. But we'd come home, and there would be the whole table full of these wonderful soft molasses cookies mm -hmm. with burnt butter icing. Ooh. I know. And she then would send them... Um, to college, you know, and you get a box full of mom's sure. molasses cookies. And I I remember saying, well, mom, can I have the recipe? And she said, well, sure, sure. And when she gave me the recipe, I realized they were called Taylor Cakes. And they were a recipe from the late 1800s. And it was something that my grandma, Lois Barnes Flanagan, had gotten from a woman named Mrs. Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Taylor. Cakes. Taylor Cakes. Okay. And then it was sort of ironic because I had named my son Taylor yeah. for several different reasons, not realizing I was naming him after my favorite cookie. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty <laughs> So ridiculous. that just sort of fell into the cool. place. But the recipe itself is pretty wild. Really? When I'm, I used to make them um, every Christmas, even when I lived here. Yeah. Um, but it makes a whole lot, and I haven't done it the last couple years, but I'm going to this year All right. since I'm talking I about it. I love I, And I may even do it sometime soon. All right. Well, but that's it, why it cool off a little bit first. Uh, yeah, because it takes <coughs> boiling water and baking soda and five cups of flour. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. But when you have the boiling water and the um, baking soda, it sort of bubbles. It's yeah. like it, it's like you're making a brew, a witch's brew, you know. Yeah. And you're it's bubbling, and you're adding Crisco. Of course, you have to use real Crisco oh, for it to be good. <laughs> and sugar and cloves and eggs and 
and uh, of course good molasses and then the frosting and they call it browned butter so you have to cook it a little bit until it almost gets to that mm -hmm. burnt stage yeah. we always call it burnt burnt right. butter but browned is a better term I guess yeah. and confectionery sugar and cream and real cream and vanilla yeah. but oh my goodness and their grandma used to just drop them on. So they were like cakes, tailored mm -hmm. cakes, um, and very soft and, yeah. and deep. Now, my mother would roll them out and make them just a, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a quarter inch. So she would do it, use the cookie cutter. Yeah, and make them round. They would be round, yeah. about a quarter inch, yeah. and then put the icing. So they were right. uniform. Okay. But now Grandma just, and and I just plop them on, you know, yeah. like a drop biscuit almost, right. but yeah. a little bigger than that. Okay. Yeah. Now describe what's good molasses. I like dark, good dark molasses. Good dark molasses. Um, we can get good molasses actually at Poor Farmer's Market. Absolutely. Here in yeah. Meadows of Dan. Yeah, because there's molasses and then there's molasses. Right. I want the real stuff. It'll cost you more. Sort of green. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and my husband, ex-husband, introduced me to molasses milk. And we would do that where you just take a, you know, about a tablespoon and mix it up in a glass of milk. Yeah. And at first I'm like, that's a little weird, but it's good. It oh, I tastes, bet. yeah. And that way you get that iron and yeah. potassium and all those kind of things. And we used to make molasses taffy. Oh. Yeah. So molasses, you don't hear of people making molasses stuff. Well, it's really a complicated process. I've seen people make molasses, cane molasses. Oh yes, from the scratch you mean? Oh, it's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. And and molasses, cane molasses has a somewhat stronger taste. Yes, yes, it does. Than um, your molasses that you find on the grocery store right, shelf. Right. Right. And we used to sell both at the uh, at the market. Right, because some people do like the lighter. Yeah, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. Mm -hmm. It's just you know if you want the authentic. Oh yeah. Taste. Oh yeah. Yeah, you really want to look, seek out real cane molasses. Mm -hmm. Now, the other kind of molasses is made from something else. Well, sorghum. Sor sorghum. Now, these are made is, of sorghum. Is sorghum is what the yeah, good molasses are, yeah, is made of. Yeah, these are sorghum of. cane. People around here didn't say the word sorghum; they just said cane. Right. Okay. And we yeah. said sorghum. Yeah, sorghum is what they actually are. Mm -hmm. And the um, other types of molasses are made from sugar cane. Right, which yeah. is more like K-Ro syrup or something, yeah. maybe, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Except I don't thicker. Know. Except you know, a little thicker yeah. and darker. Yeah, and dark. And it's very, very dark. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I wonder how many people remember K-Ro syrup. Does that still exist? Oh, I think so. I don't know. Well, I haven't I know. seen it in I don't years. In I don't know. Is like, that I've what? I've always had a, a bottle of Caro syrup, and you could get it. light or dark Caro. Yeah, and yeah. I can't remember her ever even using it, but it was there. Peanut brittle or something. We, we yeah, we used it once in a while. It was very sweet. And then yeah. there was another syrup. Was that called Tiger syrup or something? I don't know about that. And people would put that on um, pancakes sometimes. Yeah. Well, people used uh, molasses. Here on uh, biscuits, mm -hmm. you just put it on just like you would honey. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't... Pancakes. I don't think people eat molasses as much as yeah, they used sure to. Yeah, I'm not sure how well Like ginger, sell. if you make ginger snaps, you use it. Yeah. Well, I, I know people use it in cooking a lot. Gingerbread. But I don't know how many people actually eat it. Yeah, like see, I don't see molasses in yeah. things much. Yeah, and of course, I'm pretty sure sorghum molasses have probably gotten expensive. It is. Because not a whole lot of people um, are producing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's really hard to um, to do. Well, I don't think it's quite as expensive as maple syrup. Maybe not, yeah. But it's it's getting up yeah. there yeah, for I the good stuff. That, yeah, I haven't priced it in years. Mm -hmm. But it's but, worth getting a box. I mean, really, it's not like you run through even all this... For this recipe of Taylor cakes, it's just one cup of yeah, molasses. Yeah, you so get, you buy a bottle, and you're gonna have. Yeah, you get a. a you should buy a quart. Right. Or a pint. Right. In, in the stories here, anyway. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So anyway, so um, do you need to say anything about the directions as to how to make well, it? Well, I think we should print the recipe. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do since that. Since I've already told them that it, you know, it ends up, you have to do it in the biggest bowl you got. Okay. You know, I mean. Well, get, those are important details. Yeah, get out that big bowl when you make julienne salad for the family or okay. something, you know. Yeah. And um, the biggest one you got, for sure, because it does bubble and I don't think anybody told me that until the first time I started making it it's happened, and I'm like this is like a volcano <laughs> yeah All right. so, so biggest but I about, will I will put that uh, yeah. and you use a conventional oven I guess yes bake yeah. it at how many 425 for 7 to 10 minutes so yeah. it's a real quick Quick cook. Yeah, but I, maybe because that's it cooks on the outside right, and the, and the soft, inside is so soft. soft. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, but if I was you, I would wait until it's a little cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done very little cooking. Oh, it's so hot here. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's nothing like the rest of the world. I know. We're, yeah. yeah. But yeah. still, for us to get close to 90 is pretty, pretty darn hot. Yeah. Oh, tell about your cookbook. Oh, yes. And, um... Of course, I had on a scrap of paper for years right. that Mom had given me and was inside, and I was so afraid I'd lose it. And then my church, your church yeah. too, um, Mayberry Presbyterian, put together a cookbook for us to earn some money to build our uh, community outreach center. Yeah. And of course, they're saying everybody needs to submit recipes. Come on, you know, Beth, I need. We need five or six recipes. I'm like, I don't cook. Yeah. And then I said, oh, wait a minute. I've got Gra Grandma Flanagan's Taylor Cakes. Yeah. And I thought, once it gets in the cookbook, I won't lose it. It's right there, yeah. So, it is in this cookbook. And I think we probably still have some. Probably. They were like $20. They're yeah, very nice. Yeah. And they actually fold so that you yeah. can read the... You know, the cover Makes a folds. little stand, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they do That's too complicated <laughs> for me, but it yeah. does do that. Yeah. And you can see this is a very, there's not, there's no mess on this cover. Yeah, you haven't used that one much. Mm, not much. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but yes. anyway, it's a nice cookbook. It, right. it has good recipes. I mean, these are, um, our church is 
has like the best covered dishes I've oh, ever been absolutely. to, and like, yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. There, there are some fantastic cooks from all over since so many people oh, retire sure. here. Well, what so. I, what I like about these community cookbooks, there was one many years ago that the Mother's Day Baptist Church put together, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's still in print or not, but I just delight in seeing the names. Oh, when yes. I go through it, I see the names of all these wonderful people. Yes. Uh, that many of them are no longer with well, us. Well, and even this this one, um, even though it's only been out set, uh, maybe 10 years, maybe, yeah. right? I just open it and it's like, oh, Nellie Weiser. Yeah. She was so oh, sweet. She is, and, you know, Quite an original woman. Yes, yes. Yep. And so you're right. Yeah, that, that's yeah, sweet. So that, that's really why I bought both of the cookbooks. You mm-hmm. know, well, it wasn't print for a long time after I moved back here, the Medicine Dan one. Mm-hmm. But and, and I bought it mainly because I just really like seeing those names. Uh-huh. You know, and some of the people are still there. Betty Banks is in it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, a lot of them are gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's also fun. There's some really good recipes in both of them. So, so anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about. Two non-cooks right. are going to talk about recipes and food for the unexpected. That's what's unexpected. You would not expect either of us to be talking about recipes. And we have a specific topic, don't we? Yes, absolutely. And we were, we're going to have a contest. Yes, we've decided. I've been trying to figure out a contest for us to do. Uh, to reward all of you loyal listeners and to maybe pick up a few more. Um, so the contest is, we were in a um, conversation last night. Beth and Peter share a birthday month, right? Right, yes. And well, within a few days of each other. Within a few days. And every year, Kathleen, at their request, cooks them a chicken liver pie. Chicken liver pot pie. Chip, chicken liver pot pie. And it's absolutely wonderful. Oh, it's so good with mushrooms. and Oh. Yes. And if you don't like chicken livers, you wouldn't like it. But, oh, but, it, is but so it is so good. I mean, I eat chicken livers once a year. And yeah, that's, and this uh, is the time. And so, uh, when I posted this a couple of years ago, I put a picture up on Facebook. It caused a astonishing amount of controversy. Yeah, people were like, and oh. People were like, I don't eat innards. And, uh, right. And, uh, and some people, of course, loved the idea. And some people had some reservations. So what we thought we would do for our contest, and we will have a panel that decides the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, an unbiased panel that won't be just us. Right, Peter and Kathleen. Yeah, Peter and Kathleen, <laughs> and maybe us putting a little input in. What we would like for you to do is to submit either on our website or on our Facebook page or through our email. Or send or, a postcard. Or send a postcard. I'll put my, fa- uh, put my P.O. box PO box on uh, the website. And anytime you'd like to send a postcard, we would love to hear from you. Uh, tell us an unusual birthday dinner request. And the oddest one, in all of our opinion will receive a gift from me. I'll probably make hand make something and from Beth. I will pick out an appropriate, wonderful antique postcard right. for you. 
And then we'll, we'll do a, some candy from Nancy's Candy. Yes, we'll do a special chocolate box from yes, Nancy's from Candy Nancy's. here in Mesodan. And then we may come up with something else. We don't know. But, but um, you'll at least get that for winning. And, and now one thing we decided was it really does have to be a true truth. You know, yeah, that yeah, it was, yeah, don't tell, tell us that you uh, would want aardvark. Right, or right. Or something. Something somebody requested from you. Or somebody you know, your mom or whatever, a, an unusual birthday dinner request uh-huh. that and you thought was just so intriguing and so interesting. And maybe we'll cook it. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, even even if it's not that unusual to you, yeah. Yeah, or you don't think it is, but it's a request that... that Every year for your birthday, you want, you know, porcupine meatballs or you want whatever it is. It may be unusual because of where you live, you know, that you want New England boiled dinner or you want... Which we don't uh, know anything about. Yeah, that we don't do. Or you want a a boil, one of those Louisiana catfish boils or something. you know, whatever, uh, watermelon rind pickles. You just want those on your birthday. Right, right. Or right. some special cake that you, yeah. you know, a Tennessee jam cake. I've got a yeah. friend who does always for his birthday. Right. He wants a Tennessee jam cake, and it takes his wife all day to make it. Wow. Yes. That's love. Or maybe it's the other way. That Maybe she wants it, and he makes it. I think, and you know who I'm talking about. It's Gary and Clifton and Edie Clifton. Oh, okay. And I think that's right. Gary makes that for Edie every year. It takes him all day. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yes. So anyway, uh, the deadline on this, uh, I guess we'll have to make the end of August, August 31st. Okay. Yeah, because it it really, um, to get the word out. And talk about it a little bit. So, okay, that's yeah. good. So we'll do about the, the and, August 31st. Mm-hmm. And we'll put my post office box, but it's very simple. It's 714, P.O. Box 714, Meadows of Dan. You already knew that. Right. 24120. Yeah. Yeah. And we will put that though on on yeah, our we'll website. On Facebook. The, that that was a good idea we came up with last night because we really hadn't had a mail way to get in touch with right, us. Right, right. Yeah. And I think we had an email address, but I'm not sure what happened about that. So mm-hmm. I'll double check that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I sort of joke like the car talk guys on NPR. Just send a postcard and a twenty dollar bill, or write yep. it write it on a twenty dollar bill. Write it on a twenty dollar yes. bill. Mail it to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you listening. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up. Our show notes can be found at www.quincepodcast.com. We also have a Facebook page called Quince Podcast. Um, we have a um, presence on iTunes. You can find us either under uh, Quince Podcast or Beth Almond Ford or Leslie Sheeler. And we also are on iTunes if or on Stitcher Radio if you have that app on your phone or tablet. Excellent. All right. Bye-bye.
Thank you.